There are times when the sadness overtakes the heart, times when the pain seems to be more than we can bear, times when the soul hurts. In those moments, we long for something that we cannot get in our isolation. In those moments, the soul longs for words of hope from someone that knows them. Face-to-face -face words that will comfort, heal, give, hope, and remind us of the promises of God. God calls us to remind one another of His promises. He calls us to speak truth with great love. He calls us to speak hope with great faith. He calls us to speak a blessing. Amen. I'm glad you are here today. I know you would say you're glad to be here. I just want you to remember that I'm saying this right now. By the end of our service today, you're going to be saying, man, I'm glad I was there today. I'm just telling you, amen. But I'll tell you this, <clears throat> Caleb and I spend a lot of time praying, planning, talking through services. This is not random. This is not per chance. This is not, I do my thing, Caleb does his thing. We spend a lot of time preparing and planning. Um, but what happens from this moment forward in the service today isn't what we planned. I had it all planned, but God had a different plan. So what happens from this moment forward is not what we had planned, but it is what God has planned for this day. Amen? Amen? So I appreciate your willingness to, um, to go with me on this little journey that God has for us today. Um, so there are powerful moments that happen in the soul. There are moments that are so powerful that they change us. Where we're no longer who we were before that moment. Sometimes those moments happen in a faith setting. It happens in church. It might happen when you've sat down for some time alone with God might happen when you're with a, another group of friends and you're pursuing God and God speaks in that moment and you are just fundamentally changed. Sometimes those moments happen when incredibly great things happen to us. When something joyful, something good happens, the birth of a baby and job promotion and reconciliation of some relationships, when just great things happen, those are moments that can change us as well because they show us the goodness of God in that moment, the blessing of favor. But there are other moments when we walk through some pain, some struggles, hardship, even tragedy, that have the power to fundamentally change us and the thing is, in those situations, all three of those, they all have the power to change us for God's glory and our good or not for his glory 
and not for our good. And it depends on our response to that moment. Amen? Amen. And what you do in that moment, your response of saying, God, I hear you. And regardless of what I might think or feel in this situation, I choose to agree with you. Right? The other option is to say, I don't like it. I'm not doing it. I don't trust you. And I don't agree with you. Now, whichever agreement you make has the power to change you. If you make an agreement with God, it will change you. You will become more like him. Your heart will be softened. You'll repent of your old ways, and he will work in your life. If you make an agreement with that other voice, if you make an agreement against God, that will change you as well. And it will move you into further darkness, isolation, frustration, depression, anxiety, and all that waits over here on this side in the darker realm. Amen? It all depends on the agreements that you make. And life comes with lots of messages. And the world and the enemy would love for us to agree with them. To agree with them that, ah, all that faith stuff, come on now, really. You can't really put all that much into that. Come on, really? I mean, trusting God, hey, you've got a mind. You can figure this out. You've got your own circumstances. You're, you're, you're the master of your world. Come on, you can do this. You don't need him. If you trust him, it's all going to be out of control for you. It's all not going to go well for you. You're smart enough. You've got it. You do it. And often we make that agreement. We make agreements with him rather than agreements with him. And it actually has the power to transform and change us. But God desires for us to make some agreements with him. He desires for us to know truth deep in our soul. He desires for us to agree with the truth. And the truth is, is that you and I are born as sinners. Amen? That's truth. You didn't have to go to school to learn to do that. You went to school and you figured out, yeah, that's what I am. Amen, right? Um, that's, that's first truth. That's you agree with, God, I am a sinner. Second, I can't do this by myself. That's an important agreement. God, I need you. So you agree with him. And then you agree that he sent his son to be the savior and redeemer of your life. Not just as religious concept or idea, but the one who came to save you, to rescue you. And you agree with him on that. And when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the Bible says you are saved in that moment. It has the power to fundamentally transform you. It does. You are born again in that moment. 
And so then you begin this walk of making more agreements with him. This is what the walk of faith is. God, I agree that your word is what will guide my life. I agree that your word is without error. I agree that you have given me your spirit within and you've made me new. Therefore, I will listen to you speak to my heart. I agree with you in that. I agree with you that you have made me free from my guilt and actually called me righteous. That doesn't fit in my natural way of thinking, but because you said it in your word, I believe it in my spirit. I agree with it. And I stop listening to the voices that tell me God isn't going to work through you. God is not there for you. Your life proves he's not there. You don't have what it even takes to walk with God. You see, all those voices are, are screaming at you. And the funny thing is they scream louder when our circumstances don't go like we thought. When things aren't working out, that's when they scream even louder. I told you it was a mess up idea to trust that God. I told you this is all on you and not on him. I told you you didn't have it. I told you you couldn't do this. I told you he wasn't going to bless you. I told you it wasn't going to work out. And sadly, even Christians make agreements with all those voices. And they wonder why they live their life like this. They live frustrated, defeated, angry, addicted, broken relationships, finances a wreck, job a wreck, life a wreck, because they go through life agreeing with everything that the enemy and the world says. And what you agree with drives your future. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke. Chapter 8. None of this is going to be on screen because all this is on the fly. Amen? Amen. Luke chapter 8. Let me get my bearings here. We're going to start in verse 27. We're going to look at a guy who made some agreements. Verse 27. Um, Jesus is traveling kind of like Brianna said earlier, uh, and he comes to land. He's been on water. Luke 8, 27, it says, and when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. This poor man, at some point in his life, had made some agreements with evil. He agreed with them. He said, you're right. My life is a wreck. That God stuff, mm -mm. those people that hurt me, mm -hmm. people you can't trust, mm -hmm. it feels good to be angry. mm -hmm." And he just kept agreeing. And the more you agree with the enemy, pretty soon you'll have the enemy controlling you. What you agree with will determine who you are and will control your life. You can agree with Christ and he'll control your life 
or you can agree with the enemy and he'll control your life. This man, somewhere back along the way, made some agreements with the enemy. He made some agreements that there was something wrong with him, that he could never trust God, that he was a loser, that he'd be better off on his own without God, that it would be right to give in to the addictions, give in to the hate, give in to the anger. Don't trust all that religious junk. Give in to all of it. Give in to all of it. And this man did, and he had demons for a long time. And what you believe will drive what you do. The next verse, or next part of the verse says, and he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. What you agree with will drive what you do. It will determine your behavior. And this man became a wild man. He couldn't control his urges. He couldn't control his life. He couldn't control anything. And he ends up with no clothes. And he's living not in a home, but he's living in a cemetery. He's living among the dead. Because he's more comfortable, because he's made more agreements with them than he has with those who are alive in Christ. What you agree with is where you'll go. What you agree with will drive what you do. What you agree with will determine who you are. And if you agree with the enemy that tells you you could never be free from that addiction, that you could never have a happy life in Christ, that you could never have harmony in your marriage, that you could never have peace in your heart, that you need some kind of substance and you need to chase the crowd and you need to believe what the world says. If you keep making agreements with those things, it'll drive you right up next to them and you'll live amongst them instead of in peace with God. Verse 28. When he saw Jesus, you see, Jesus knew this man had made some agreements. Jesus knew this man was living hell. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice says, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. You see, this man was now speaking out of all the voices that he had agreed with. And he couldn't see Jesus being good to him. All he could see was Jesus coming to torment him. Isn't it crazy how the enemy wants to make you think that? That Jesus has come to torment your life? Has come to torment you? Has come to take away your joy, take away your peace, take away your... All that you had dreamed of, and it couldn't be further from the truth. It says, um, verse 29, for he, Jesus, had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. This man was so out of control. He couldn't be kept guarded by anybody. They'd lock him up and he'd break the chains. They'd put him in a secure confinement and he'd find a way out. He was out of control because he had made some agreements. But the Bible tells us what happened with Jesus and this man. And Jesus asked him saying, what is your name? 
And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. This man had made so many agreements with evil that they'd all come to live inside him. He'd made agreements with anger and hatred and violence and stubbornness and resistance and laziness and doubt and disbelief. He had turned against God and they all just came rushing in. What you open your heart to is what will enter into you. Verse 31, and they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. The voices knew where they belonged. The voices knew they had no authority over Jesus. The voices of evil knew that they only deserved the pit. They knew, and they kept this man totally confused. The voices of evil aren't going to tell you their end. They aren't going to tell you their plot. They aren't going to tell you their strategy. They're only going to blind you to the reality of who Jesus is. But in this moment, they're having to speak because Jesus has called them out. Verse 32. Now, a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them. They wanted a place to go. Evil spirits want a place to go. They're looking for a house. They're looking for a place. When they leave one place, they want to go to another place. And they're looking for those who will have an agreement with them. Hello? So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them, and he permitted them. Jesus said, you want pig? I'll give you pig. Verse 33, then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. No evil spirit wants the best for your life. And all they wanted to do was destroy those pigs. Verse 34. When those who fed them, these are the pig owners, saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus. You want to see what happens. That's the right news source to go to. Go to Jesus. Don't go ask somebody else what's going on. Don't ask, don't ask the local news source. Don't ask the general media. Hello? They got a twisted story. They'll tell you about some man who came into town and destroyed all of their business venture. Hello? They'll tell you a story, but they won't tell you the story. Uh, I'm going to avoid that whole little line of thought I want to go down here. It's just, get, get your news from the right source. Start right here. Hello? Look, there's a lot of stuff out there that's happening today. There always has been. But there's stories out there that are not based on truth. If you need to check up and see what's going on out there from time to time, that's fine. You know, start right here. Let this interpret what's out there. I done lost my place. Here we go. Um, they went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus, 
and found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus. This guy was known in town. They knew him. This guy had broken out of every shackle, gotten out of every prison. This guy had disrupted so much. This guy had stolen, taken. He was loud. He was abrasive. He was abusive. They all knew him. But when they come to see him, he's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and he's clothed, and he is in his right mind. Because when you let Jesus be the voice and you agree with him, it'll change who you are. It'll put you in your right mind. It'll put you in right activities. It'll put you on the right path because you agree with him that those voices were evil, those voices were wrong, those voices were destructive, those voices were not from God. And this man changed because he made an agreement with Jesus instead. Amen? Amen. So, this is where this story is going to take on some real fresh application. Because I'm sitting in here this morning. It's about 8.20. And Roseanne comes up and says, hey, the band's practicing, by the way. She says, Hey, there's somebody here who wants to talk to you. All right. I go back and I meet a gentleman who tells me what has happened in his life just in the last two days. And in some ways, you're going to see all the connection points to what we just read in Scripture. And you're going to hear how God speaks and when we agree with him, has the power to change a life. Amen? All right. So with that in mind, I'm going to introduce to you Sway Martinez. Come on up, Sway. Hold on to that. Okay. (laughs) I'm here. The Lord is here. The Lord is for us. The Lord is with us. Take a deep breath. It's going to be good. I should be used to this as a DJ, so I should talk to the mic. <laughs> but I'm nervous. I understand. Right. I understand. It's, it's a good nervous. All right. So just to set a little bit of background. Um, at an earlier age, you made a profession of faith and were baptized, right? Correct. How long ago was that? Was, I was 24. You were 24. Correct. And tell everybody how old you are now. I am 42. 42. 42. All right. I wouldn't do that if you were a woman standing up here. I wouldn't have everybody tell your age, but he, he can take it. And it's important to the story. So real briefly, though, tell everybody kind of your thoughts about church up until the last month or so. Uh, you can ask my wife. I didn't go to church a lot. It's growing up at eight years old, to make a story short, people were stealing from churches. I went to two churches. They stole twice in a row. So it changed my mentality about donating to the church. After that, my wife, she was Catholic at the time. She was every Sunday on point all the time. But it was repetitive and never grabbed me. And then my wife, it's on this church, what, about three months, four months ago, August, about August. And she brought me here. And for me to walk into church was very, very hard for me just because of the experiences I had in life. So, And then at one moment, I did 
fell on my knees. My wife surprised. And I came up here and prayed to God, and He put me on my knees. And usually, that doesn't happen with me. So yeah, because you have a background in military. My background military. I was in the service ten years. Was it three active and then seven National Guard, and that was back in two thousand one when. You know, September 11th happened. I joined with my battle buddies and stuff. So, Okay. So fast forward all the way to this past three days. Three days. I was in Florida, and my grandma had just passed away last this past week. And I already had planned to go. I went to play a poker tournament. That's what I love to do on the side. And, and I experienced one night. It was like deja vu, but in my dream, like people were burning. And I had that sense and that smell coming back from war, you don't forget that. And then when I woke up, I had that in my taste and smell. And you can ask my wife, I could not smell because we had COVID back in the summer. And that night I cried, played Christian music all night, woke up, nice my plane. And then I ended up at three in the morning to catch, to save some money, went to Miami. My cab ride driver basically was not ordinary. And, Hold on, uh, let me just set the stage here. Okay, sorry, sorry. So no, it's good. I just want to make sure we're all on the okay. same page here. So you went to Florida Correct. this past week. You're going to do some gambling, poker. some card playing, poker. Card poker. Sorry. <laughs> He's going to play some poker. Um, and so that happens. This is Thursday night. Oh, I'm sorry, Friday, Friday morning. morning. Friday morning. It's about 3 a.m. You're finished. Finished. You finished playing poker. And you get in the cab to go to the airport. From Fort to, Lauderdale. From Fort Lauderdale to come, home. to come home. And the guy that's driving the cab, you've never met before. Never met you don't know this man. You hadn't played poker with him, anything. You just get into a cab, and here's a guy. Yeah. And you start having a conversation with this man. Yeah, this guy is talking about aliens and different types of religions and stuff, the Buddha and all that stuff. And then I asked him, what about Jesus? He goes, oh, he's real. But uh, Satan's the way. And it kind of Hold freaked on. me out. Did you hear what he said? That this man said, Satan is the way. He said, you can believe in your Jesus and Buddha and all that stuff, but Satan is the way. This is a cab driver, cab driver he's never met before. And then, you know, maybe I was like a little nervous, but I didn't. I deal with a lot of stuff growing up in that type of environment. And uh, then... It was weird because he was like, you were so close to winning every time. He goes, but you notice you didn't win? I was like, well, I'm just like, how do you know what place I, he even told me what place I was in twice in two days. So this man told him the places he had been to, to play poker, and he knew the fact that you came close to winning and didn't. Yep. But you'd never met him before. Never in my life. Never been to Florida, ever. So, and then he was like, I can change that. My heart dropped. And this was right before the terminal. And he kept going and kept talking. I can change that. So it just dropped me off so I can go home. And right there, that moment, that morning, you can check the messengers. I was messaging this church. It's time. I'm not, I'm not playing. So that moment, you knew, I heard you. this stuff, I might have thought wasn't real, yeah. this is real as it gets. It's real. The evil was real, but more importantly, in that moment, you, real, you realized Jesus was real. Yeah. 
Yes. Amen. 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 Yeah. 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 So, I'm sure that meant for uh, a, a, a long trip home, maybe, or short trip home. I got to get home. It was a, it was a nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get home. home. I got to get, get to my wife. And I got to get to church. Because when he showed up this morning, he said, hey, I got to tell you this story, but I've got to be baptized today. So, all right. I said, now here's the deal. I said, we don't have the trough set up. And normally we put water in there and heaters and get it all warm. I said, so if we do this, it's going to be cold. He said, I don't care. Okay. So, I mean, I just, I just kind of walked through with the gospel with him again, just to make sure he clearly understood. He clearly understands. He is a sinner. Jesus is a sinless Savior who came to die for him. He's put his faith in him. Amen. And now he's choosing to completely live his life for him. Amen. 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 Anything else you want to say before we do this? All right. You good? All right. Well, we're going to do this. Let's go back here. All right. Step on in. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Have a seat. Have a seat. Yeah. I want you to look at all these folks out here. This is, this is church family. These are believers who stand with you, who make the agreement that Jesus is real, that Jesus has power over all evil. So whatever agreements you've made in the past with evil, we undo all of those today by this simple act. Amen? Amen? Whatever evil agreements, spirits that have had a part in your life, we ask God to remove those today to cast those out from you, that your mind might be filled with the truth, with the Spirit of God, with the hope of Jesus Christ, and the reality of the forgiveness of every one of your sins by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. We agree on this together as the church. We agree with strong unity that Jesus is our Lord. And I agree, brother, that you have been brought here for this day for this purpose. He has worked. He has redeemed you. And I baptize you as my brother in Christ. You are buried with him in baptism. Praise to God. Amen. Amen.
this moment because there may be something very specific that God is talking to you about. There may be some areas in your life where you have made some agreements with some voices that you should have never agreed with. And this is your moment to say, God, forgive me for agreeing with those voices. And in this moment, I agree with your voice. So if you've ever made any agreements with the enemy, that you could never be used by God, it's time to break that agreement. If you've ever made an agreement with the enemy that says your sins could never be forgiven and washed from you, it's time to break that agreement. If you've ever made an agreement that says the praise of the crowd is louder than the praise of God, it's time to break that agreement. If you've ever made an agreement that says My situation is hopeless. It's time to break that agreement. If you've ever made an agreement that God can't restore your marriage, restore your family, and make all things new, it's time to break that agreement. Amen? And it's time to make an agreement with God. God, you can make all things new. God, you are the one who is working all things together for your glory and my good. God, you are the one who has promised that if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Amen? It's time to make an agreement with God that says, I am through being a spectator. I'm on the front line, front row, engage with you, God. And it's time to make an agreement that says, God, whatever you want, I say yes. So, Caleb, can we sing that verse again, even if you just lead it from guitar? Yeah? I want us to have some time. We're not going to miss God moments. And this is one of them. So, as Caleb sings, 
you pray. If you need to come here to pray, this place is for that. If you want to bring someone with you, you want to grab someone along the way, this is that time. Amen? Let's, let's meet with him. Let's agree with him. you hear another story. This is fresh. This is what the Lord's doing this morning. Sorry. Okay. Introduce um, yourselves, everybody. My name is Heather Bowers. This is my husband, Justin Bowers. Um, quick backstory. I just, I've been in church my whole life. I grew up uh, Assembly of God, and so did my husband. There was a lot of uh, shame 
uh, in that religion, and I'm not trying to condemn any religion. I'm just saying there was a lot of shame. I always felt God was against me. Um, he was basically just waiting just to, you know, strike me down for anything wrong that I did. So I grew up not really feeling love from God. I just always felt like he was angry at me all the time because I wasn't perfect. Um, anyways, I've struggled off and on with severe depression my whole life. Um, I had a baby at 13 years old. And after that, I just, I just spiraled out of control. Just had a really rough life. Made a lot of bad choices and agreed with a lot of wrong voices that led me down a really ugly path. Nothing I'm proud of. But I had a praying mother. And a praying grandmother. And I had people constantly praying for me. I've been labeled bipolar, manic depressive put on all different kinds of medication and I still find myself in these really dark holes of depression and these suicidal thoughts that just won't leave me alone and I'm just like well do you like pastor was saying just like you make agreements yep. and I'm like well this is just who I am you know I'm I'm depressed I'm a depressed person I'm bipolar, so this is just part of it, you know, when I get in these dark holes and throughout my whole life, I have attempted suicide multiple times. One time I was uh, 17 years old and I had gotten a fight with my mother. I was a very rebellious teenager. I was involved in gangs. And I just said, a voice just came in my head and said, get in your car, go drive it off a bridge. So I told my mom, we were sitting at the dinner table. I said, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. She goes, where are you going? I said, don't worry about it. She said, well, don't you need your purse? Because I never left my house without my purse. I said, no, because where I'm going, I don't need a purse. And my mom said immediately, the Holy Spirit said, pray for her. My mom got on her knees and started praying for me. As I was driving, I was going down Ovilla Road. I was going to go to, I was going to go to 35 and I was going to get 20, the high going 20 uh, west, and I had it all, all planned out. And I get to Old Farm to Market Road on a villa where Ferris comes into Red Oak, and my car stalled. <laughs> I have, and then the next morning when the tow truck driver got there to get my car, miraculously it started up. But this gets it, real current, too, doesn't it? It's been off and on, and um, multiple times, so many times, I've tried to commit suicide, and God's never, he's always just had his hand. He never allows it to happen. Yeah, amen. I've taken pills, and enough to kill a cow, and God always wakes me up. He never allows it to go through. But what comes to me is... What I was telling Pastor Treadway was very recently, this past Mother's Day, because Mother's Day is a hard day for me because I became a mother at such a young age. <sighs> I just have mixed feelings about Mother's Day. And so this past Mother's Day, came to church, and I don't know what happened. I left. Just something came over me that 
deep, dark depression, that suicidal thought. I went home. I found my husband's expensive bottle of bourbon that he keeps hid in the closet. And I drank almost the whole bottle. And the devil was just screaming in my ear like Pastor was saying that the voices just get louder and louder. And it was just, I said, just go get, a, go get that gun that your husband keeps in the drawer. And just kill yourself. And I agreed with that voice. And my husband was grilling out and we have a back patio, back porch. My husband was on the side. And nobody was out there with me. And I was like, this is the perfect time. No one's around. So I went and I got the gun out of the drawer. And I went to the back porch. And I was just looking around. And I was thinking, this is the last thing I'm going to see. And I was like, I don't care. And the voice was just saying, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. And I chambered the round. And I went to put it to my head. And about at the exact same time, my husband said that something told him, go check on her. Go check on your wife. In the moment that I chambered the round and I went to pull it to my head, the exact moment my husband came and said, no, no, no. And he grabbed the gun out of my hand and he saved me. Once again, God saved me. And this is really hard to admit, but I just feel like people do suffer from depression. People have been labeled depressed and you agree with those you agree with those yes. labels. Yes. And I don't want to agree with that anymore. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. All right. So I'm going to call for some ladies to come stand with Heather right here to pray for her. And I'm going to pray. But I'd love to have some ladies stand around here. Ladies of faith who will support love and show her the arms of Jesus forgiving, healing and Heather my prayer would be that you would agree with all that's standing around you today all these arms and hearts and hands and the love that they're speaking, peace that they're speaking, that you would agree with those today God has a purpose for your life. He has saved you physically. He has saved you spiritually. He is not finished with you yet. There is a purpose bigger than you know today. We all stand in agreement of that today. We stand in agreement that there is forgiveness for all of those moments. We stand in agreement that there is peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we stand in agreement that God has called you he has chosen you, and you do not have to bear the label of broken, addicted, depressed, dysfunctional. You are a daughter. You are a child of God. You are forgiven. You are healed. You are new. You are a new creation in Christ, and this is now who you are, and we stand in agreement with that for you this morning. Father, this morning we stand in agreement with your truth that heals us, that forgives sin, that cleanses, that makes us new.
And Father, I'd ask you to remove all the voices from Heather's life. I thank you that her husband has stood in there to rescue her from that. He recognizes that. So we stand together in agreement, calling out all the voices of labels, of darkness, of depression, of evil, of regret, of guilt, of shame. Father, they have no more room in her heart, in her life, because she belongs to you. Set her free from all of those. And may the voices of truth, may voices of forgiveness, and hope and redemption and new life. Now fill her heart, fill her mind, fill every corner of her emotions, every thought, every part of her life. May they be what gives the greatest voice now and may she be in agreement with all of those, Father. We stand in agreement. And what two or three agree in, it shall be done. So we stand in that today, Lord. Lord Jesus, we love you. I thank you for you orchestrating this day in a day bigger than what we could have ever imagined or planned. This is all part of your purposes. We agree. We confess. We believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. I need you to make some proper acquaintances. Follow, just in Jesus' name. In yes. Jesus' name, I rebuke the enemy that is trying to take me out of this world. I rebuke the enemy that is trying to take me out of this world. Thank you, Jesus, for Thank saving you, Jesus, me so many times. For saving me so Thank many Thank you times. for a mother and grandmother that did not give up. That believed that you are greater than the enemy. Thank you. I rebuke Satan. I rebuke Satan right now. Right now. From this day forward. From this day forward. Ever. Ever. Having a say in my life again. Ever having a say in my life. This doesn't mean that you won't be tempted. This doesn't mean that thoughts won't come your way. But the second they do, you call them out. And you tell them, I am a daughter of the king. I am a child of God, and you have no authority over my life. Amen. 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 Amen.